0: All right, Inappropriate Earl's back. Back for more. I was handling some uh, Showtime-related business last night at the premiere of I'm Dying Up Here. Now I'm back to little old Earl. One day you're in, next day you're out. So uh, a lot of roast battle talk lately. Today is going to be a cool episode because I don't think we're going to talk about roast battle. Not that that's a bad thing, but I think people are well briefed on that show it's time to move on into the world of stand-up acting hbo behind the scenes i have a girl on my couch who i don't really know very well which is always but you're used to that <laughs> well usually i'm uh, paying a couple hundred roses to have a girl on my couch that's uh prostitution joke for you guys uh this girl is certainly not a prostitute she's a very funny comic she came from behind the camera to in front of the stage put your hands together vanessa johnston
1: hi guys is my mic on
0: uh yeah i'm pretty sure it is talk hello yeah yeah your mic's on i better check the sound because one time i did a two-hour episode with doug fager i didn't check the sound
1: really that would be not good um
0: you're in yeah we're good we're good i don't wear headphones on this uh podcast which is uh you know i've had a few episodes it didn't sound sonically the best Uh because uh you know i just was talking right next to the person i thought well they sound good i sound good why check the sound
1: is it because you don't like hearing yourself
0: um no i just uh I don't know. I don't like wearing headphones. So, uh, in the Tawny Katain episode, uh, and I love Tawny Katain, she is the best. For those of you who don't know who Tawny is, if you've ever seen the White Snake video, here I go again. She's doing the splits on the Jaguars. So, any man who's past the age of 30 has probably manipulated themselves to Tawny so uh but she had the microphone down um probably by her uh stomach area and i didn't check the sound so i had to uh call in a sound doctor to spruce up the episode (laughs) spruce so but now we have you you're holding the mic by your mouth which is key a lot of people don't do that um so this should be a fun episode because you have an interesting journey to stand up because most people do stand up to get into places like hbo and sell shows and make shows you came from doing that to stand up what brought you to that journey
1: um so i graduated high school really early because i was a loser are you taking notes
0: no, I'm about to take a picture.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs>
0: it's all about promoting.
1: You grabbed your, your laptop you're like, ah.
0: Oh, this is an iPad. This is no laptop.
1: That's a, that's so big. The That's an iPad? It's
0: not the first I've heard on this couch. Listen, uh, it's
1: like the size of a TV.
0: Well, I have a... If uh, you're poor. I have bad uh, vision, so I have to get... Everything's big in this house. As you can tell, I have a 75-inch TV. Uh, I'm not trying to impress you by that. Uh, my, even my iPhone is the size of a VHS player. <laughs> um, so, but since I'm a one-man crew here, I'm not on a network. I'm not on Death Squad. I'm not on all things comedy. I'm on all things Earl. And uh, until that Showtime and Adult Swim money kicks in, I'm a one man bandito, so I have to take pictures while you're talking. Then I'll maybe even tweet, "Hey, look who's on my couch," and maybe you retweeted with a link later on in life. I'll retweet you. Some people don't, though.
1: I will to all my all my five fans.
0: But like you come from a uh, a, a marketing background, mm-hmm. like there was one person I won't name them. I'll just say they were on the like one of the last fifty inappropriate girls. They have like a hundred thousand followers. One tweet from them saying, hey, I just did an appropriate URL link. Literally, you just copy and paste what I would send you to say. It probably gets 10, 15, 20,000 lessons. They didn't do it. So the episode did like 2,000 lessons. Like mm-hmm. people don't, like I'm trying to help you. Right. So and that's the frustrating thing. You know, some people are a little lazy. No,
1: me you know. tell you, I have a podcast. What well, is it? So, the Morbid Report.
0: Well, uh, we're going to get into that. Do well. you want to talk about that first? No,
1: it doesn't matter. I Whatever you want. You're the boss.
0: Well, now I'm embarrassed because a lot of people don't know this. Well, no one would know this because no one's in the apartment or condo. It's a condo. It's not an apartment.
1: Uh, <laughs> Cond- it's a townhome, not. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's a townhome, two levels, three baths, two bedrooms. Uh, Vanessa put her hand in between my pillows on the couch <laughs> and she pulled out a huge clump of hair. Wasn't from an ex-girlfriend. Uh, but it, you know, I've lived here for 16 years. I've had five dogs. There's going to be some, uh, remnants. I still have one dog. I split it uh, with Gail. Everyone knows that. And, uh, you know, I think Vanessa thought it might've been a lock of hair from someone else, but
1: no, it was like an assortment of different kinds of hair for sure.
0: Well, I mean, you know, it's five dogs, uh, probably, uh,
1: you have a spring. A okay. tiny spring. Okay, and
0: let's like. <laughs> what are you?
1: All
0: right, so you okay. you, you graduated high school young because yeah. you were. Would you say you were a prodigy? I'm a genius. No, but, uh, but you are very smart. Like. Oh, thank you. You're not like. I mean, especially in the world of Los Angeles stand-up. You know, I I deal with a lot of nimrods, mm-hmm. male and female. I mean, I'm certainly not smart, but like, at I least I'm so. honest about it.
1: <laughs> I say I'd say you're pretty observant.
0: Well, I'm, um,
1: and you e- seem to process because IQ, all IQ really is defined as is the speed at which you process information, and so
0: you're already losing me. <laughs> uh, but I mean, like I think there's different types of smart. Like I could tell you're book smart. Like you could uh, probably write a thesis on the uh,
1: Pythagorean theorem. Or-
0: absolutely. I was gonna. I was gonna try and say that word. Uh, <laughs> I could. Uh, you know i have a lot of young especially female comics uh come up to me for advice because i'm street smart like i i, I could tell if someone's trying to
1: you're like stop at the red light
0: <laughs> absolutely i mean there's a lot of red lights go st-
1: when it's green
0: especially street. at the patio the comedy store uh, um, a lot of intersections you must mm-hmm. <laughs> speed through for um sure. so you know i'm smart in that sense uh-huh. i mean i was a C plus maybe low-level B-minus student. You were, I'm assuming, all A's.
1: Yeah, I got an A-minus once. It was a bad, bad semester.
0: That was right. Are you being serious? Yeah. <laughs> so I would have killed for an A-minus in anything.
1: I wrote, like, a letter to the, um, the school board and, like, petitioned to have it raised. It was, like, a whole thing.
0: I mean, that's how serious How
1: unlikable you... am I right now? I feel like I'm pretty unlikable. <laughs> that's a little likable no, it bothers no. me not as much as it bothers everyone else but it well, bothers me well you're
0: uh i don't know the right word of course uh you you're you have a very uh dry and sarcastic tone like uh you did uh spot the other night at the comedy store mm-hmm. when i was hosting and i think that you know people don't know what to make of you at first because you're And I'm obviously, you know, I say this respectfully, you're a very, uh, pretty woman, but you have like a guy's tone almost. Mm -hmm. Is that hard to, uh, do up when like, you know, obviously the, like I've always felt bad for pretty women doing comedy, not, not the show, pretty funny women. I mean, that's false advertising, (laughs) um, on a few fronts, but, uh, you know, because a beautiful woman doing stand up. I mean, you're model looking. Right? Was that mm-hmm. fair to say?
1: Yeah, I was a, I was a model for. Well, there you go. I was on America's Next Top Model.
0: Oh, well, we're going to get into that. The show. By the way, how the hell is Tyra Banks judging a talent contest? That <laughs> is out of control. I mean, my God. I mean, I thought it was bad when Hasselhoff was judging. Uh, but I've always felt bad for pretty women doing stand-up Cause it's like the guys are just, Oh my God, I got to fuck that. I mean, that's what every guy's going to be thinking the girlfriends or dates or whoever's with them is like judging you. I like, Oh, look at this cunt. Uh, and so like, how do you go about that?
1: Well, I think so. You know, I was just on the road for the last month and um, I was doing half hours. So it, it gives you a lot more time to kind of like establish trust with the audience. Um, one i'm bisexual and so one opening like material bit i have is is about eating pussy and how it's hard which like makes you relatable and likable because it's like the girls are like oh she wants to fuck me it's like as soon as a girl feels like oh she thinks i'm hot then it kind of changes that dynamic and then guys that they feel like you're like one of the dudes and so that's like um that was actually the first the first joke like bit i ever wrote i wrote the first month of doing stand-up and um i it hasn't really even changed it's pretty much the exact same three minutes as when i wrote it two years ago uh and now i don't even like doing it because i feel like it's like cheating do you have material like that where you're like oh i know this is gonna work i was you know what i was in san francisco when i was on the road and i the room was I i was doing a room it was like a bunch of like startup tech people and um the host that was hosting it was like so bad and ruined it. And then I had to go up first and the room was so messed up. And I was like, Oh, I'm going to go to the, the cliche sex material. Then that didn't even work. And I realized it's cause like those people don't have sex. And it was just like a whole thing. I digress. I mean, so, you're doing so many. Th- oh, you're tweeting?
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm just blasting oh, okay. it out. I mean, I do material, whatever material I think is going to work, I do. And I, it, I don't care if it's cheating. I don't care. Like, you got to do what you got to do when you're on that stage, whether it's, uh, you know, a joke you've told a thousand times, but you know, it works. I, I do it. Uh, if there's people in the room that have heard it like, you know, other comics or whatever, I don't care. Like I'm doing it for the people who've never seen me. Um, So I'm a fan of whatever it takes.
1: Okay. So, yeah. So then I think maybe that's a bit different. Um, But going back to what you said about being attractive and a comic, I definitely think that um, there are, there are different stigmas associated with it and it can be difficult. I think for me, the thing that I've struggled with the most is the material I want to talk about versus what I look like I should talk about. So I feel like I have like a face. It's like, Oh, this girl should talk about like m- being pretty is this. And like, uh, my pussy is that and dating is fucking easy and whatever. And so that versus like what I actually am interested in, which was like water pollution and like these sort of like Nebul- like nebulous sort of like topics that have to be warranted with empirical data that most people can't follow. And there's that sort of disconnect. And so I think right now I've, I've only been doing comedy for two years. So now it's kind of like meshing the two.
0: And did you have like a, like my men, not mentor, but like the first person who meant a lot to me as a standup was Archie Bunker. Just, I mean, you're probably don't even know who, the, I mean, it's Carol O'Connor who mm-hmm. played Archie Bunker, but I just enjoyed his, uh, how he could say the most racially insensitive things, but you still liked him because he was likable. Like, did you have a person you saw, whether it be comic, an actress that like, oh, I, I kind of want to be like that.
1: Bill Hicks. Right. Yeah.
0: He was very hardcore, very, and he's not going to do knock knock jokes or, you know, I think he said, if you don't have anything interesting to say, don't say anything, mm-hmm. which would definitely rule me out. <laughs> and i'm sorry about all the noises in this yeah, house Yeah, what is
1: that is that like a fax machine
0: well no i have, you have uh, a
1: morse code machine in your house
0: i do that's how old i am i communicate uh via morse code i still have a pager that's uh, oh my
1: god that's no. so oh wait oh you're you're joking oh, okay
0: no no i don't have a pager but i've switched over to all apple products i don't know um how to uh Navigate the cloud, so uh I, I, if one thing rings, they all ring. Weird. Yeah, I'm a you know I'm not very technologically uh, proficient. Mm-hmm. I guess is what I'm saying. So what got you into Bill Hicks? Did you see like a clip of him and like, oh, this guy's interesting? You no.
1: Know, so like when, by the way, I'm eating a lot of candy. I eat candy all day long.
0: It's not good. Can I give you some advice? Uh-huh. It's not good to eat on a podcast. <laughs> Because, oh, well, let me tell you why, because... What's well, going
1: uh, to be like crunkling and...
0: Well, yeah. I had uh, probably my favorite guest of all time, and I've had uh, some amazing guests on this show. Mm-hmm. I'm lucky enough to have met some of my, uh, I don't know if idols is the right word, but just people I've wanted to meet. Uh, Stephen Pearcy, the singer for RATT, uh, R-A-T-T. Anyone who knows me knows that's my, that is my, if I ever get on the goddamn comedy jam, which is probably not likely... Uh, Because they want celebrities. I'm going to sing a rat song with Mr. Piercy. He was chewing gum the whole time.
1: Oh, really? Okay. I won't eat. I've just, I've been eating candy and Chipotle like every day for the last month.
0: Um, Sorry about that.
1: I've lost 10 pounds, which I'm pretty sure means I'm perfect. On the
0: diarrhea diet. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Uh, So, uh, you know, he was chewing gum the whole time.
1: Okay. I won't, I won't, I won't put anything in my mouth.
0: Well, you know, uh, Certainly, I don't want you doing that during a podcast either. It's not going to be mine either, by the way. Mm-hmm. We are just friends. You know, a lot of people accuse me of having pretty women on the show to like make inroads with. I have
1: them. a boyfriend. You know him.
0: Absolutely. So I'm, I'm, unlike some people in the Los Angeles comedy community, I'm respectful towards women who are taken or just getting out of relationships. Of course, not everyone follows that rule believe me i know
1: i feel like i have a lot of i have a lot of guy friends because i'm attractive and they're like waiting for me to fall in love with their personality
0: right and that's not happening guys (laughs) because vanessa's not some fucking bimbo you know comic she has a boyfriend sorry um he's a good dude i won't mention his name just because you know he's not here some people don't want to be mentioned on a podcast as the other half Mm-hmm. Um, but you guys, uh, are, uh, going strong again and, uh, you know, it's, uh, something I'm not able to say at the moment, <laughs> I'm going for strong. Yourself? <laughs> you know, there's, uh, I think, uh, you know, uh, I don't want to mention names, but, uh, there's, uh, some, been some, uh, roadblocks in my life the last couple of months. That's not, uh,
1: I want to like find a girl and just like for you and just like i don't know i want to see you i want to be at your wedding
0: everyone tries to uh set me up because they love me right uh and uh by the way that's an 18 wheeler driving by on my street uh in case you hear uh
1: This was the, out of all the podcasts I've done, I feel like this sounds like the most like we're on drugs and ironically we're both sober. I'm typically the only sober one, but I feel like we've gone (laughs) like deviated so much.
0: But that's what I like doing. Like Uh this podcast, uh, you know, is, I, I think this is the 178th episode. I've never once planned a question. Really? Um, because I like, it's just how I do it. Maybe it's not the right way to do it. I want people listening to go, what are they going to say next? Mm -hmm. You know, I could just ask you a hacky question. So what got you into stand-up comedy? Didn't you you,
1: already ask that? I did.
0: (laughs) I said I could ask you another hacky question. (laughs) You could do it twice. We're going all over the place. I mean, (laughs) we start talking about high school. Five minutes later, we're talking about my uh, dating life, which is, uh, you know.
1: Both in the past and don't want to revisit
0: Well, I mean, uh, I'm not so sure about that, but, uh, you know, it's a whole, that's another podcast. I might start a relationship podcast. What not to do. I like it. I mean, you know, there's a lot of things, Uh, you know, it's tough, uh, you know, through your current situation, uh,
1: uh,
0: (laughs) dating uh, in the comedy world, whether you're dating another comic or, or someone in the business.
1: It's just hard dating as a comic in general. And it's not because it's hard to find people. It's because it's hard to be with people as a comic I think because you're so meticulous and judgmental of everything and then I don't think a normal person can handle that sort of scrutiny day in and day out and then the schedules is just you're out all night it's just really hard yeah for sure it's really hard
0: oh the schedules are like uh, you know it's hard to uh, in some sense comics are the best people to date each other because it's you're the only person group that gets the other's lifestyle uh you know and then in some cases we're the worst people to date each other because it's
1: because it, we're competitive
0: you know i've been lucky in that uh, aspect i don't think i've ever competed with uh, i've always rooted for say the last three girlfriends who have been comics I, i've never been like I, I mean we're not going up for the same gigs
1: but you were i mean i don't know all of your dating history but from what I understand, you were at completely different levels in your comedy career. I feel like if you're kind of closer, right? Like if you were dating someone who had been doing comedy for about the same length as you, same, you know what I mean? Like right. that's a little bit different. Cause then you are kind of more like there's more to compare, right? Like if I was dating some dude who had been doing comedy for 15 years, it's like, why would he come, how can we even compete with each other? It's like, you're selling out theaters and I'm, doing open mics and bar shows and clubs sometimes. You know what I mean? It's like completely different.
0: Well, I think uh, with... uh,
1: It's like someone in the NBA competing with someone that's doing Little League. Like, it just doesn't make sense. But when you're both in the NBA or you're both Little League, then it's a little bit more competitive.
0: I mean, I would say with the last uh, lady friend, uh, we were on the same show. Uh, So it might have been the closest I've ever been with someone in terms of... uh, competitive uh like what you're talking about. Like okay, I gotta
1: But you guys both got on roast battle. I know we don't wanna like I don't wanna like
0: Oh, she's the best. Yeah. Uh like I, I mean... feel like
1: if one of you got on roast battle and the other one didn't, that would be kinda weird, right? Like you've been luck you guys were lucky enough to kind of be on the same at the same kind of path.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, we... But I guess that... I see what you're saying, though. I, I guess we were both in the NBA of sorts. I mean, we both got to the Montreal, uh, you know, a roast battle show, and it was great. She was great. I was, you know, I'm not gonna say I was great, but, you know, I survived, you know, given the toughest bracket in the history of the show. <laughs> no one wanted daddy to succeed. Too bad. Sorry.
1: I wish I had your confidence, like...
0: But I don't have any confidence. It's all an act.
1: Yeah, but. I mean... I think I'm reverse. Like I have all the confidence on the inside and then I don't, ex- I don't like ex- exude it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like when I watched you in Rose Battle, I was like, man, like, like I'm just starting to get into act outs and, I get so insecure, like doing voices and being any sort of doing any sort of like physical movement. And then I see you and you just completely like when you ripped your shirt off, I was like, oh, I want to be like that.
0: I mean, that was fear. (laughs) (laughs) Because I was the weakest. uh, I'm honest with my skill set, whether it's in stand up or roast battle. I'm probably uh, in Montreal. I was probably the weakest writer out of the 16 people, uh, but the best performer so and i i don't mean that in a cocky way at all but that's where i excel is because i have a love of pro wrestling and so i ever since i was a kid i was like jim carrey and cable guy like where he watched tv and he was you know such a fan of tv i that's me in wrestling so i just steal you know i'm in sia if you will
1: of wrestling
0: different wrestlers (laughs) like and dr ken to this day uh he gave me the best compliment he's like dude i'm your biggest fan i love your rick rude impression like no one has ever put it together that i'm essentially imitating rick rude who was a very cocky but likable heel like he he had this amazing body and he would just take the mic and you know playing the bad guy he had to talk shit to the crowd so he would just call everyone in the crowd fat and lazy and you know new jersey sweat hogs and and you know he'd pick some girl out in the crowd and go you'll do like so i just uh i'm basically channeling rick root's confidence not certainly not mine
1: what are you most insecure about
0: well, I mean, Roast Battle uh, it brings out your insecurities to real fast, uh, so...
1: Yeah, I won't do Roast Battle. I can't. So you many, could. I mean, I could do it, but, like, so many people have asked... So many people have asked me to do it, and I just... One, I feel like I'm too easy to roast. It's like my mom is schizophrenia. Some am semi Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's, it's just so easy, and then also... I don't know, man. I'm also afraid I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be like, I am I have a fear. How stupid is this? I have a fear that I'm going to be too good and I'm going to like destroy someone's life and like be like, oh, I'm going to be so good at writing roast jokes. And then the person didn't kill themselves. Like I go like two opposite, which is so completely unrealistic. Like that's not even. No, like it's, it's so, not. <laughs> you're I mean, like, no, I've done it. I've done it.
0: <laughs> uh, well, yeah. I mean, it, it's, uh, I mean, I'm not typically, uh, it's not my normal sense of humor. Uh, you know, I had some guy last night come up to me, dude, you were my favorite roaster. You really know how to rip into people. And uh, it's not my normal style. I usually just talk shit about myself. Um, but, you know, when you're doing comedy at the time for 14, 15 years with no success, and, well, I'll give this show a chance, see what I can do. <laughs> like, you learned to, like... Okay, it's not my style of humor, but uh
1: so are you insecure because I I feel like Roast Battle was probably I I don't know if it's a big thing for you but definitely has like helped your Oh my god. career. It's Are you insecure that you move forward in that in in a comedy style that you feel like is not yours? Is that kind of like is yeah. That your thing?
0: Yeah. I mean, I feel like in a sense I sold out, but um i have gotten so much from roast battle uh like i got on the showtime show that you know the premiere was last night and jim carrey came over to me and like like he's like if archie Bunker's my first mentor jim carrey's my second not and we're totally not uh, i certainly don't do physical humor like he does but like it's jim carrey <laughs> and he's like dude you you're so fucking funny. You were my favorite part when I went to roast battle.
1: It's
0: like I could quit today and like go, it might not get as good as that ever. Like when someone like him says that, it's like, wow.
1: I was in the room when he was judging and you were there and yeah, you killed, I, you know, it's so crazy that you say that it's not your humor because every time I've watched you do it and I'm sad, you don't do it anymore. Cause like, I don't even really go to wrist battle anymore because I felt, and this is not me like, you know, um, sort of like, uh, I don't know. The point is, is that you were one of my favorite parts and now I feel like it's missing cause you're not doing it anymore. And I definitely misses that element. And I feel like you added so much to the point where it's crazy to me to, to think that that's not your, natural comedy style because watching you do it, it seems like the only like it seems completely natural.
0: I mean, it's, I guess like, uh, I might lose you on this analogy cause you're so young, but like, uh, a lot of my favorite bands in the eighties, you know, they wore the platinum blonde hair and they played pink guitars and more makeup. They looked like you. Uh, most of them were serious musicians who were struggling and, you know, uh, like C.C. DeVille is the guitar player from Poison. And if you, if you look at the first album cover of Poison, you think it's four girls. I mean, they looked beautiful. I mean, I'm as straight as you can get. But those guys were good-looking girls. Now they just look like old dudes. But, you know, he, here is a classically trained musician. He, you know, grew up playing Beethoven on the guitar. And I'm sure at some point playing Zeppelin covers in your mid twenties was like the same paying the bills. Oh, this is what's happening in LA makeup and poofy hair. That's what I'm going to do. So that's, I feel what I did in terms of like the, the roast battle style is like, it's not my normal uh, style to sit there and look at someone else and call them fat or, uh, you know, make fun of their shape of their head or something. But it, I just kind of almost, uh, I put myself in a like a, a space mentally where I don't, I certainly don't want to hurt anyone's feelings, but you know, it's, it's a show where you kind of, it's so competitive you almost have to hurt their feelings because they're going to try and hurt your feelings. right? Um, so I don't like necessarily doing that, but it's also like, you know, th- that's why in Montreal I lost to Sarah Tiana because I love her so much that I, I mean, Sarah's the best, like, she's been amazing to me from day one of meeting her. And I was like, I don't want to call her fat. She's not fat,
1: but right.
0: like, I don't want to call her old. She's not old, but like, you know, you have to, like, you
1: have to, right.
0: You know? And so I was like, well, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to write some clever jokes. And and they were clever and they did okay, but she went all in. And, you know, so that's, uh, you know, I think you, there's certain lines, I guess I wouldn't cross. With her, but and I lost it cost me 25 grand.
1: Oh, that's how much you get if you win?
0: Well, that's how much the champ got. I think it's 25, 15, and 10. And I was lucky enough to get 10, uh, about 6,200 after taxes. Uh, I think I got charged in like Canadian and American money. They really stick it to you. Mm. But, uh, but you know, someone like you would be good to roast because, um, you know, it's very hard to make fun of a pretty woman uh, you know if they're funny then you are you know it's like when i but i've only lost a woman on the show which is kind of a weird anomaly i lost to whitney rice because i was uh i went at her too hard and mm-hmm. she's beautiful like she's very much like you you know pretty and funny and uh you know the crowd was just looking at me like what are you talking about my. she's fucking hot and i'm making fun of her looks and we were dating at the time and it was like which is a big mistake and i've said this before. yeah you've
1: like roasted couple of girls you're dating
0: i've roasted two girlfriends and uh you know <laughs> uh yeah no it's not necessarily why we broke up but it uh let's just say it might have uh hasten the development of the uh you know like uh, with olivia
1: <laughs> i like wait pause i like how we're like in the top of the podcast you're like we're not gonna talk about rose battle and then like half of the time we've been talking about rose battle
0: <laughs> but that's the podcast like uh, and you know they're
1: like fucking unsubscribe
0: <laughs> oh one guy did uh, one guy and i leave all reviews up on itunes he's like yeah he just interviews people i don't know about unsubscribed he actually wrote that i'm like oh fuck
1: sorry people i don't know about
0: but but it's like you know i say this at the end of every podcast but i'll say it now like you're nice enough to come down you know people are busy i I, the way i do the podcast is people have to come and sit on my couch with hair in between the pillows (laughs) uh you know i don't go to anybody um it's just, I like doing it like this. Like, it's like a, two friends talking. Um, so I lose a lot of like, you know, bigger names, I guess you'd say, uh, you know.
1: Oh, because they want you to come to them.
0: Um, yeah, because I'm sure they're like, well, who are you, dude? Um, and I get it. Yeah. You know, I get asked to do podcasts sometimes. Hey, can you come to my house? I'm like, where do you live? Long Beach. I'm like, <laughs> oh, uh, uh, can you come to me? So I get it. Yeah. Um, but, it, you know, it is funny how we got into roast battle. I mean, because the show's done so much for me. I I, I think people think I don't like it because I'm not on it anymore. But it just, you know, I think you... Uh,
1: You're very nostalgic. Like oh, in yeah, absolutely. Life, like, that's something I've noticed. You know, like you said, we don't know each other that well. But from the limit, limited sort of interaction we've had, I'm like, oh, it's very like... Yeah. I'm like the exact opposite of you. I hate, I feel like my mind is always in the future in everything. Like, yeah, it's just always in the future. And so like I was in January, I went back to, um, visit my grandparents and my grandfather was like dying and pretty much elected to stay at home and die. And I feel like I went through his death before he even died. Like I was like, Oh, this dude's dead. And he was still there, but I'm like, and then like once he died, it's like I, or in my mind, he already died, and now I'm like over it. It's weird because I feel like you'd be the opposite, right? Like, you'd hold every moment, and then when they died, then you would be sad looking back.
0: Oh, absolutely! I still read my mom's letters. I yeah, said like, uh, you know it. Um, yeah, it's I. I you're right. Uh, I'm. I think back. I think in the past, some would say probably too much but I've had a pretty good past. So even with breakups or whatever, like, you know, there's, I don't think I've ever like ended anything with people hating me. You probably feel like your life
1: is really full then, right? Like, like I've done all these things. Like you probably don't become very nihilistic. I feel like I'm a very nihilistic person, partly due to the fact that, I'm an atheist. And so I always think to the fact that I always think forward and like, oh, I'm going to die and then nothing exists. And now nothing matters. Like you probably don't, you're always like in the past and like, I've done all these things. Those are all beautiful and sad and you feel more full. This is a complete tangent. <laughs>
0: but I love it though. I want people like, you know, that's what I want. Like, you know, people want to know about you and me. And like, I certainly, you know, don't, uh, I, I mean, I very much, uh, love, talking about stuff like this like i was raised catholic altar boy all that stuff i don't necessarily believe in the god that was presented to me as a kid which was you know god is all loving and, and god takes care of you but then you know you look at something like nine eleven and you see that one guy or just plenty but i think the first guy who jumped off the tower it's like well if god loved that guy i'm pretty sure there was a better ending that could have mm-hmm. happened so like but my, I went to like hardcore Catholic schools and churches where it was almost forced on you to believe in God. So that probably fucked up my head.
1: So you like resisted then? Like, you're-
0: I mean, I resist now because right. I look at the. I am not to get too like, this is probably as deep as I can get. <laughs> Um, with, I, I,
1: we've lost four people yeah. I
0: don't know if we had that many in the first place but <laughs> like uh, yeah, we we peaked when you said I like eating pussy and then talking about me are being are you a, live you, no no oh okay we could do a little Facebook live if you want but, you know, it, I've never I've rarely done that just because I don't They'll
1: be distracting. And then people asking right. questions yeah, yeah. And like, how do you eat the pussy? And I'll be like, just watch.
0: Right. Me uh, comedy I mean, my friend Stefan Adika, the king of Paso real estate. He does Facebook Live every day when he does his cold calls. And it's the. I don't laugh at anything. It's the funniest thing because he'll literally just have his cell phone on him and he'll do a hundred two 300 calls and he gets rejected 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 but to see him just bulldoze through these calls is it's kind of motivating. <laughs> i would have given up after 12 calls i'd be like all right i'm gonna go play hockey or something um i'm gonna go watch sons of anarchy on loop um so uh, yeah i don't quite embrace the the technology facebook live uh, get notifications hey uh you know Omid saying it just started a instagram live video i'm like i just don't
1: dude now it's become a thing where i don't know if you've if you've seen this on the news but now a lot of people record themselves like murdering people like on facebook live they'll like go live, like raping people and murdering people. It's been like a whole thing the last six months. And it's like, what are you trying to do? Like become America's most unfollowed? Like, why, why would you think that's a good, I mean, I guess you're probably not in your right state of mind if you're murdering and raping people. So like, you know, don't expect your social media fucking (laughs) platform to be on point, but But that's how
0: stupid I think some people are. Like they think they're going to get more followers if they show a gang rape with them and their seven buddies.
1: Yeah, but then they just all go to jail
0: but i don't think they th- you know so many people
1: and the, uh, the best part is like when you watch these on facebook live it's like 35 people watch you're like this is our moment of glory yeah and but then- it
0: is true like that like you know so i, I think so many people think short term especially in comedy but in gang rapes it's even shorter term but.
1: <laughs> it's like 10 minutes
0: hey let's film this uh hey joe turn around and give you give out your twitter handle <laughs> uh you know and like yeah the murder in uh the gang i just don't it's amazing to me like i always try and live my life long term like
1: the best this is fucked up but like, the best part is like you're about to rape somebody and you're like i'm gonna fucking rape this person which has to be like you have to have like kind of an adrenaline rush and you're like a lot of shit's going on. And for you to be like, Hold on a second, I need to turn on my Facebook Live and like half the time Facebook Live doesn't work, so you have to like sit there and like reset it and you're like, Okay, is so it live? Okay, uh all right, I'm gonna continue Rapio, like that's so fucking funny.
0: <laughs> yeah, honey, just you can move around a bit. We gotta wait till the Wi Fi <laughs> kicks in. Do you
1: have your rape face on? Put your rape face on.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that I'm surprised there's not a like a thing called rape book you know where just, they can just all uplink their videos there
1: and, <laughs> oh my god we're gonna like get rid of us on blog dude
0: i know we're gonna just uh get a lot of hate mail for this but that's a, it's a reaction so
1: i was performing in like i said san francisco and portland and i'm pretty sure i like offended half the city
0: because like, you're edgy like you're like bill hicks style like you know even the other night at uh the comedy store you know everyone's doing their like you know jokey jokes and like you went up there and like you know set a dark tone and people loved it though like because you sell it thank you you know i mean jeff richards gave me the best advice ever he's like whatever you say you know act like it's the word of god and pe- most nights people will get on board with you and it's he's right i mean like you know i used to have a friend who would like she would do a new joke and she would tell the audience this might not be funny I'd, might be. And like, you're basically telling the audience, not, not to, to
1: laugh. laugh. Right.
0: So, you know, that's, you know, you can learn a lot from, uh, you know, like I, w- one thing I was impressed with you the other night, you sat and watched the whole show. Like, do you do that to like, not, uh, like get a vibe of the room or do you just like you're a comedy fan? I yeah, guess. Yeah. I just
1: like to watch comics. I love to watch, um, like a lot of oftentimes if I've time, cause I try to do like two, three spots a night. Um, so sometimes I can't stay for very long, but if I can stay, I, I try to like watch as many comics as possible just because it's, it's just interesting to see different people because it's the same, it's the same, um, for the most part, it's the same audience, right? So like, I mean, you have some people that come and go, but it's like, you're seeing all these different artists work with the same sort of artistic medium. You know what I mean? It's the same audience, same venue. So I just think it's kind of fascinating how people do it differently and yeah, I just I love I just love stand up, I guess.
0: Well I think it's definitely the toughest art form. I mean, um, which is why I think everyone should watch I'm dying up here Sunday, June fourth. <laughs> because it's it's I think comics will really love this show because it uh it it really goes into the pain of stand up, you know. It's
1: yeah. So, I read the book. The book's amazing too.
0: I'm uh, I have a because my vision is so bad. It's very hard for me to read because um, I get horrible eye strain. So I'm an audio book guy. But uh, so I'm not exactly sure the differences between the book and and, and the uh, the show, which I'm on the last four episodes. But uh, you know. It was neat. Last night was my first red carpet, which was actually a brown shag carpet because it's based in the seventies,
1: <laughs>
0: which is ironically what I used to jack off on. Uh, but it's another, uh, it's another podcast. My parents didn't tell me a lot about sex, so like,
1: you just let them have sex with this whole fucking house. Did you have sex with this couch? <laughs> is that with the hair? Look, like some of that is my gray ball hair.
0: Um, no, I'm, I is have your, is your bald
1: hair gray? <laughs>
0: virtually no bald? gray hair. Uh, I'm very lucky to, uh, I have a big forehead, but, I retain most of my hair, if not all of it. And, uh, but I think, uh, people will dig the show because it, it gets into like the pain and the heartache of stand up, which is not, I mean, it's not. I think the audience member sees us up there killing or having fun or whatever and it's like they don't see the pain behind the jokes so i hope people uh enjoy the show and i, I think comics will enjoy it the most you know like last night i'm it's hard for me to sit through stuff uh, i enjoyed the whole episode and i'm not even in i wasn't even in it it was just like
1: because oh. <laughs> it was a pilot they screened the pilot last night
0: uh yeah and then yeah. it's really you know it's it, It's, uh, and you know what, like some of my favorite TV shows, like I love Sons of Anarchy. I love The Shield, which was done by the same uh, creator, Kurt Sutter. Uh, You could tell that the cast liked each other because it was like, you could definitely tell that they were having fun. And I think people will say the same thing about this show uh, because everyone loves each other. Like everyone's so nice to everyone. And uh, there's no attitude like, you know I'm because you'd say a recurring character and I was made to feel like I was the main character like and they just so it's like I've never been like you know in roast battle let's just say there's one or two people I might not be fans of uh, but in this like from the camera guys to the, the girls the set photographer it's just like wow I, I hope this gets a season two I want to work with you guys
1: well because in development so I'm um, Jim Jim carries an EP on it, right? And so, yes. yeah. So he probably... Because I, I, I don't know him very well, but from what, from what I've seen, the story seems like very humble down to earth. And so kind of like the EP's personalities permeate through the entire show because they will hire the showrunner or they have influence on who runs the show. And then the showrunner hires the people who run like... Production and you know camera and design and so then they kind of find like-minded people and then those people hire, PAs like assistants that are similar to them so then it kind of permeates and you have this so ironically, almost everybody you worked with on that set all are kind of like an extension of the EPs personalities typically not all the time but that's why you have you'll have a show that's like the EPs are the executive producers for people who don't know they're like what's an EP. the executive producers are kind of shitty and then they'll hire kind of like-minded shitty people. And then it just, it just goes all the way down to the person serving fucking licorice and crafty, just the whole thing. Shitty. <laughs> like it's crazy how it's just like in a company. It's very similar to like a company. Like you have a shitty CEO or a good CEO and that permeates through the entire corporation.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, you're, I could totally envision what you're saying. Cause like the hair and makeup crew were amazing. Like it was like, they treated us so well we treated them well and and like just the uh, you know the truck drivers who would have to take us to various locations where they were great and like it, it, people were crying at the uh, end of the shoot because it was like well, you know why do I have to go back I'm getting this show next week I'll, I'll see you guys if there's a season two. and like people were like sad it was like I'd never you know I don't think anyone's cried since I left roast Battle.
1: <laughs> I've cried.
0: People probably cheered, but I will say a shout out to Cena, the Saudi prince, the only person I, uh, what's the right word, uh, who gets my uh, vouching to be the hater, the house hater. He does a great job every week. It's different, but you know, I think that's he writes more than I do. I just would improv, because that's probably too lazy to write. You know, I'm in the moment. Cena's more prepared, and it works. So. Thank you, Cena, for doing what you do. And people are asking, I'll ever come back, just never say never. It sounds like a Kiss song from the mid-'80s. but Actually, Never Say Die was a good King Cobra song. Band in the mid-'80s, who the singer's now a transsexual. So he took it to another level. His name was Mark Free. It's now Marcy. Oh, my God. And he's not like Caitlyn Jenner. He chopped it off, so... That to me, Caitlyn Jenner is still Bruce until you get rid of the dick. Thoughts on that, Vanessa? Yeah,
1: no, I was just thinking that made me think of so a whole nother tangent.
0: Do um, it. Let, let's, so, as you could tell.
1: I know. Okay. So, like, I don't know because I feel like so many, I've dated so many guys that are like bisexual now, and like so many men are, this is like borderline on conspiracy theory. Um, you're like, oh, great. But, not conspiracy theory. No, it's just purely like science. And so like, so scientists have discovered a lot more like estrogen compounds in the water and like phytoestrogens and things that are mimicking estrogen in the body. And so there's this theory that maybe if you're consuming, so like plastics, all these things have estrogens in them. And so you're building up estrogens in the body. So it's a question of like, okay, so are, are people I definitely like two hundred years ago. If you were gay, I feel like you were probably born gay. But now it's a question of like, are people becoming more feminine because of all the estrogens in the water? And it's like, what's going to happen in like a hundred years? Is everyone just going to be bisexual? Like I'm bisexual. I'm not against people being bisexual. You know, it's like.
0: But do you have a preference?
1: Women. Oh. Okay. I hope my parents don't listen to this. They're going to be well, like, your boyfriend. Doesn't listen to this. <laughs>
0: your boyfriend's like fuck. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, he knows that. Yeah.
0: I mean, I think, uh, you know, in a lot of cases, it's it's like the old David Lee Roth, Paul Stanley school of, like, they fucked so many girls. I'm mean, Maybe they're not the best two examples because, I mean, very few men are going to be able to walk this earth saying they fucked six, seven, 8,000 women. You know, but I, I think in, like, their cases, I don't look at them as gay or even really bisexual, they just just got bored. (laughs) Like, you know, I can't imagine, like, fucking five, six thousand women and it's, like, looking at a guy and go, yeah. I'll try it. (laughs) I mean, at this point, David Lee Roth probably has to stick his dick in a cheese grater to, like, get going. Like, he's... (laughs)
1: That's so funny. But I
0: mean, like... It's
1: true, because I dated a guy who's like that, who's, like, a big wall street dude and you know goes on a day of the new supermodel every single night i after we dated i'm like i for sure have aids and i don't have aids but um <laughs> just everything else no uh just oh, i don't have anything
0: <laughs> miracle uh,
1: it's a miracle
0: well i know your boyfriend's gonna listen to this podcast no, so i I'm get tested uh, ocd
1: no I, I get tested all the time and i'm ocd i'm ocd about these things and so um I have no idea cuz I was I mean I feel like it's digs like a petri dish like how is it possible but anyway he like knew chick every single night and you know and then I did it when he was like um like 40 and so he told me that he like hooked up with a couple dudes and I was like really he was like yeah He's like, just for fun. And I was like, oh, okay. And he's like, do you want somebody to tell you something? Don't tell anyone. And I'm telling a bunch of people, but you don't know his name. So (laughs) it doesn't matter. But he's like, sometimes when I'm with a girl and I can't get hard, I'll imagine that she's a dude.
0: I mean, I can't say I've gotten to that level yet. I mean, I've I've done all right with chicks.
1: That means you've hooked up with guys because not that level yet.
0: No, I mean, I can't say I've ever, uh, I have not, but I, <laughs> no. I can't, I haven't uh, run out of women yet where I'm like, ah, I could go for a dick.
1: <laughs> how crazy is that to just be like, and so I told him cause he, cause we're still friends and I was, you know, I'm like, he keeps talking about how he wants to get married to girls and I'm like, dude, maybe like, why don't you try dating a dude? And he's like, no, I'm not good. And I'm like, remember that one thing you told me about how you have to think about dicks in order for you to hard? I'm pretty sure that's a clue to something.
0: I mean, you know, a case like that, uh, you know, uh, I think it's some people just have a certain level of kinkiness and hyper horniness that, you know, literally being with a girl who looks like you, it, it, it's going to sound crazy to 99% of the guys who are going to look at your picture. It's not enough.
1: No, he didn't say it with but, me.
0: No, I'm not saying you. No, I
1: just want to emphasize that. I,
0: absolutely. <laughs>
1: <laughs> not with me but you told me with other chicks
0: but I mean I've hung out with girls who are uh, I mean like you know I, I'm a great catch like I got a little bit of cash I got a big dick I'm funny you know you'd think that'd be enough but you know I've dated girls who also uh, like girls like it's like it's not, it's not that I'm not enough or I don't fulfill their needs or whatever but they like chicks like I haven't dated a lot of bisexual women, but uh, you know. Yeah, I
1: think, like, my, so, my parents are, like, Midwestern conservative people. Um, they hate, because, you know, it doesn't matter, but.
0: It does matter, <laughs> Vanessa.
1: No, it, I mean, so, my boyfriend's black, and. Oh, God. Not- guys,
0: this is the end of the inappropriate <laughs> podcast. I, I had no idea.
1: Um, kidding. So. <laughs>
0: They're not necessarily fans of you oh, dating
1: not even at all. So it's just like, oh, you're dating black people and women, like <laughs> there's a special place in hell for you. You know? Yeah. Like they're not happy at all. Um But do you think it's cause
0: like um
1: It's not a rebellion thing. I'm not doing it as a to rebel against them at all. I've never think- dated a black guy before. It just happened to be the guy that I'm dating is black and then but he's really smart. Like if he was white you this on if he was white you can tell he's black, he doesn't act if there's like a thing, he's very intelligent and very well spoken, and he is an English major. Like,
0: and he's a wrestling fan. I don't yeah. want to give away who he is, but like,
1: he's a wrestling podcast. So yeah, you
0: know, has, I, I don't want to say because he's the only black guy on the podcast. I don't want to say the name <laughs> of the podcast. People would be, oh, it's this guy. Uh, but you know, and listen to, to be a black wrestling fan. It's about as rare as being a black cheap trick fan. It's like. It's rare. It's very rare. A uh, scan a wrestling crowd. You're not going to see a lot of brothers.
1: Right. So uh, I wouldn't say that he's like the, I think probably in their mind, they're like, you know, they have this weird, what my graduate high school class, there's only five people that out of 400 that weren't white. It was very white where I'm from. And so they have this weird perception of what any sort of minority is. It's very like, like the other.
0: Right. But they're still. It's just they come from a different era, you know. I think that era's not that long ago. You know, it's thirty. I mean, how old are your parents? Like what?
1: Fifty something. Fifty something.
0: So they're you know you know we're teenagers and whatnot in the fifties and sixties where you had like race riots and like segregated bathrooms and like literally black people couldn't vote. Uh, You know, it's like it's not that long ago when you think about it. Like women couldn't. do a lot of things it can do now. I mean, almost had a female president.
1: Oh, I mean, like it's crazy. I'm the first woman in my, my sister and I are the first women in our family to like have a job.
0: Right. Like a real, like legit.
1: My mom, my grandparent, my like all the women in my family are all like kept. And so they don't even under, they try to give me career advice. I'm like, how can you, you've never had a job before. You don't know how, like, why aren't you just doing, why aren't you like a president of a company? And I'm like, this is when I was an assistant at HBO. I'm like, cause that's not how jobs work. Like, what? she's like, but you could be a president. You're charismatic. And I'm like, yeah, but that's not how jobs work. Like the complete disconnect. It's uh, a
0: different era now. Like women, yeah. you know, like some of the best rockers are, are, you know, Gwen Stefani, Madonna, like, you know, women are in power. Like you know, Sherry Lansing ran Paramount Pictures. Like, most powerful, maybe the at the height of her uh captaincy, she was like the most powerful person in Hollywood, a woman, like you know, whereas in the 70s or 60s, it'd be like a woman running Hollywood studio, you're nuts. Now it's it happens regularly.
1: Well, it's even like female. Com- I was talking to some female comics that have only been doing it for 10 years, and they said that even like eight years ago, I was talking to this female comic, she said that she was uh. Like headlining a comedy club in the Midwest. And this was eight years ago. It's not even that long ago. Her feature, who is the comic that goes up right before her and does like 30 minutes, got to the club and saw that she was a woman and refused to go up as her feature. Or as her feature, was like, I'm not going to go up for a a female headliner. It's like, you're a feature in like Nebraska. Like, how crazy is that? Eight Mm -hmm. years ago
0: oh yeah I mean uh, and you like, wonder
1: why female comics like Amy Schumer that's why I'm not upset people like Amy Schumer or like Winnie Cummings or any female comic that has been doing comedy for more than 10 years if they seem a little feministy, like I get it like they had to go through so much shit you know it's like I don't have to I don't feel like I have to go female comics now don't have to go through as much shit as as those you know girls did women did so I understand like where they're coming from Oh, yeah.
0: I mean, like, you know, Whitney Cummings, I started with her at Open Mics. I don't know what happened, but (laughs) I zigged where she zagged. She zagged. And Amy Schumer's great, you know. uh, You know, I mean, I can't name one joke of hers, but, like, you know, I don't dislike her because she's a chick, you know. uh, I mean, some of the better roast battlers are women. Uh, Sarah Tiana, you know, Olivia's a killer. Uh,
1: Kim Congdon
0: Kim Congdon's great Anna Valenzuela uh,
1: uh, Rose Battle <laughs> I know
0: But I mean it, But it, it it's such a it, roast Battle does Like fall in line With so much What we talk about right. Like 10 years ago If Rose Battle was around I don't think many Females would do it 0% chance like, And
1: all the jokes Would just be oh, This is a woman Trying to do comedy yeah,
0: You're a fucking whore uh, You know Suck my blah 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 It's
1: still like that <laughs>
0: Yeah, you're right. Who who the hell am I kidding?
1: (laughs) We've come so far along to the same thing.
0: (laughs) We have come so far where Sarah Tiana can do pedophilia jokes against me on TV and beat me. So, uh, but I got to kiss her at the end of the match. So that was, uh, did. we had a, uh, before we went out, we're like, whoever wins, it doesn't matter. We're going to make out. Uh, and when she won, she jumped into my arms and we made out, you know, for like a minute or whatever.
1: You guys should date. That'd be cute. Uh,
0: I mean, you know, uh, yeah, she's awesome. So, uh, you know, I'm, uh. Working through some issues uh, right now, but uh, you know we'll, we'll see what happens. You know,
1: I'm gonna find you a girlfriend. It's my 2016 mid-resolution. Uh, 2017.
0: Holy shit! Oh shit! Well, in that case, um, <laughs> I'm getting you to look into the past too. I mean, uh, you know, I think when you look for one, you never find it. I know it's cliche to say that. Uh,
1: Would you want to date another female comic?
0: You know, I like who I like, so yeah, I I don't. But I mean, I don't shut. So nebulous. I don't. <laughs> I like
1: who I like. Just whatever. Wait, I, <laughs> what kind of car do you want? Oh, I like what I like. <laughs> well, I
0: mean, in terms of, uh, you know, I would say the last uh, three girlfriends have been comics. Uh, you know, I'm still friends with uh, two of them. Uh, uh, the third ones in we're in transition at the moment, but uh, you know, I
1: all the chicks you date are funny that's uh, good
0: oh absolutely uh, at least you didn't
1: date someone there's some guys i've seen that are like new to comedy i'm like oh my god they're so hot and then they go up on stage and i listen to me too i'm like you're not hot anymore at all like i could never
0: <laughs> i could never uh, have uh sleep with someone that i didn't think was not funny like because it's just you're right like yeah you could sleep with a hot looking guy or a girl right. you know one or two times it's like okay they're hot or whatever that fades after a week or so you know what maybe not a week but like whatever but then it's like okay are they funny like, i
1: couldn't i wouldn't be able to yeah, yeah, if i, I c- saw the material and they weren't funny i wouldn't be able to do it once and just be like ugh.
0: yeah i mean there's uh you know there's just a i've been lucky in, in terms of that and uh, hopefully they feel the same way about me
1: <laughs> you're like
0: a hello
1: <laughs> are you out there <laughs>
0: please guys uh send off a bad signal <laughs> uh girl ex-girlfriends one and two uh just throw out a signal and uh, the third one uh i don't know this phone call will be nice but uh it, you know we'll figure that out um so what's go- where so you hit the road yeah you, you know which is impressive because a lot of girls it, I shouldn't even say girls, but a lot of comics at your experience level, they just hit the mics around town and they don't really, you know, you're hitting the road.
1: Yeah. By yeah. myself. Yeah. Most, which is, most people, most people were trying to find like some headliner to go with. I booked everything on my own.
0: It's um, impressive. Do you think that's from your HBO background where you're like used to like putting together deals that, you know, most people couldn't even fathom putting together? And so like,
1: yeah, I would say and I have a startup as well now so like being an entrepreneur and having to kind of control every element definitely um you learn as an entrepreneur to kind of like as many things as many variables you can put in your control the better and so with booking i was like oh just i can do this on my own um
0: what what's the biggest uh you know, uh, not drawback, but obstacle you get when, you know, you send a your headshot to a book and they're like, oh, do you think they think, oh, it's just some hot shit? I don't
1: send my headshot. I just send my credits and then um, I send a link and the link is kind of blurry. So you can't really see what I look like. Okay. Yeah, it's not high quality resolution and it's far enough back where you can't really see my face. I could be a, a five. You can't really tell. I have nice hair. So they're like, oh, she has nice hair. But I don't look like... I don't i don't think I look... It's not an accurate representation of what I look like. And so... Um,
0: do you dumb down your looks it, when you're on the road? Like do you yeah, like...
1: Oh, yeah. I live in like flannels and sweatpants and, um, you know, like half the time like on the at the clubs that i booked feature work at like so i'd feature for the weekend um and they pay for a hotel and then some cities i was in i didn't book feature work but i wanted to kind of like try out the clubs. so then you know occasionally i would sleep in my car um which you know is i have an suv so it's not that bad but
0: um you're paying your dues
1: yeah it's not i i feel like it was like camping like you know i'm from minnesota i'm just like dude it's like camping in a a car it's not that bad um but actually i was doing when i was in san francisco i was doing shows and the first night uh i was doing a show in the tenderloin have you been to san francisco do you know the neighborhoods
0: um no i've done a few gigs with deuce bigelow okay
1: so in san francisco um there's it's like the the main part of san francisco like downtown everything is like super super nice and really expensive and then right in the middle is a small neighborhood called the tenderloin which is listed as like one of the, the worst neighborhoods in the united states i didn't know this until i woke up the next morning to some dude peeing on my window um but i slept in my car in that neighborhood and then uh and i did a show there and then I did a show there the night after and the, and the comics were like, do you need someone to walk you back to your car? And I was like, well, like, well, this is a really dangerous neighborhood. And then when I started researching it, I found out that like there's just like strippers and drug. It's like a free, it's like a farmer's market for drug lords. Essentially it's not owned. There's no territory. Like it's not like the bloods own this or it's just a right. complete free market. Um, it's kind of fascinating, but so that was only like drawback. It was not really knowing where to sleep all the time. Um, And then also, it's like a new comedy community every single. It's like it's like transferring to a new high school every four days, right? Because it's a completely different comedy community. Nobody knows you. Like, who's who's this person? Like, you know. Um, But you learn a lot, definitely. I want to. um, I'm planning uh, like a tour, like Southwest through the North. I'm trying to get all the whole United States. That's like my goal by end of next year. So I kind of see like what works in every state
0: Well, I mean, there's definitely different uh senses of humor that work in different parts of the country. You know, like you know the South. I think they they seem to want like not necessarily dirtier humor, but more simple humor. Uh, I know it's the a stereotype. more conservative.
1: What I've noticed: the more conservative a town, the more fucked up material it can do. Right. The more liberal the town, the more PC it is. The way less fucked up material it can do. You'd like the point where like the most liberal towns I performed in the comics that performed there all the time were basically apologizing for every joke. They're like, Oh, you're right. That's not funny. No, I'm sorry. Like completely, which is crazy because you wouldn't think that you'd think that like the Bible banging conservative, like one show that this lady did walk out to me and told me she was going to pray for my soul. But other than that, they were pretty like, is that you're t-
0: talking about eating pussy. Or no, something? I
1: was talking about being an atheist. I had like ten minutes huh. of atheist a- atheism material.
0: But you're right. I mean, to do ten minutes on not having a god in your life in the Bible Belt would like I can imagine that could turn the crowd real fast.
1: Yeah, just this one lady, but everyone else was. You know, it's like the material's good if you can get them. Even she was laughing. She was like, "Okay, yeah, that's funny." Right. Like that. I think that's kind of like the hard thing as a comic is. Is having material that completely goes against the grain of a person's DNA that's listening, but then still making them laugh. Like that's like the ultimate win, right? Oh sure. Like someone who's like for you, like you know, like uh, like super like PC, like no racial material ever. But then you can do a racial joke, and it for you like kills them. They think it's funny. Like that's like the ultimate.
0: Yeah. Oh, like absolutely. I beat you. It's
1: like when you fuck a chick. You know when you fuck a chick and you're like I fucking won. Like beat I beat you. Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I do, actually. Take this dick. <laughs>
0: Take this Skakel salami and enjoy it. But <laughs> I was raised, uh, you know, my mom told me one thing about girls. Make them happy first, and they'll always come back. And I won't say they all come back, but I have a high return rate. <laughs> uh, I mean, am I wrong in that? Uh, yeah, no, for sure. Or I was think. my mom wrong? And uh, Like, if you... Uh, <laughs> well you're not single but it, it, let's just say you were and you were just horny one night you're like i gotta get some dick you're gonna go in your old black book and you're gonna call the guy who took care of you the best first yeah, for
1: sure of course
0: and then work your way down if he's not available yeah so guys and girls take care of business and you'll have business
1: life w- advice from rose giggle <laughs>
0: I mean, you know, I I could probably give some uh, good life advice. Never roast battle a girlfriend; never works out. Uh, try uh, to please your woman as best you can. It'll it'll pay off in the future. And you know, girls talk, right? What? Girls talk, right? Like if you're already, talk,
1: oh, about oh, hey, dicks.
0: Hey, Jim's got a big dick. Yeah, for sure. You know, I don't know who Jim is, but like
1: girls talk about who's good at sex and who's not good at sex. That's why I think in the comedy community, everyone knows. Well, most people know how big everyone's dick is.
0: Well, especially mine because I show the picture to everybody.
1: Right. And I feel like you started a trend. Like now, a lot of comics.
0: But my picture is almost like a. I, I like to think of it almost as <gasps> a. <different.
1: gasps> that makes me think of something so disgusting let's I was, hear about it i was filming something this weekend and the director um i was filming like this this like trailer for this uh fashion company and the director his girlfriend was there and he was talking about how he's like yeah i always send dick pics out to everybody and he's like but the thing is you have to make it funny and i'm like no like dick pics aren't funny because he puts a little hat on his dick and then i was just like "Mm okay and then his girlfriend was there and she's like yeah she's like last month he sent me a poop pic and i'm like what and he's like well yeah he's like i'm trying to take it to like the next level he's like i feel like i already sent her dick pics and now he like took a photo of his shit in the toilet and sent it to her and this girl was really pretty and i was just like you're okay with that and she's like yeah she's just like i'm fine with it i'm just like what the fuck like that's not i this has been on my mind since then i just haven't had anybody to talk to about it that's not normal right
0: no i don't think i've ever uh entertained that thought
1: what would you do if a girl took a photo of her shit and was like hey babe good morning
0: i'd never talk to her again but i'm hardcore once you cross the line with me like i could not uh i mean we all poop but I don't want to picture the girl I'm, you know, taking care of business with doing that.
1: Right? Oh,
0: Like, as pretty as you are, I know you poop. Yeah. You know, uh, I don't want to think about it. Me either. So, uh, but <laughs> some people are into that stuff, like fetish stuff and like, uh, you know, but that goes to that guy probably, uh, you know, sending his dick pick out. He's so- Asian.
1: Asians do weird shit like that, right? Like Japanese has the, like, the weirdest fetish born did you know that
0: i don't watch porn so uh
1: so I, japanese I, like if you look at their um re- i was researching their porn and like um i don't know how that came about oh because on my podcast we talk about like really uh f- like fucked up world news and uh in japan they've made like chinese robot sex dolls but they're, they look like children and they're really they're selling out man
0: they're, oh like, i can imagine
1: like they look like they're six years old like not like Teen. they're like fucking six and um apparently japan has like the craziest porn which is ironic because they are the most polite society like their society is so polite and courteous and it's all about honesty and respect but then like it's like they bottle it all down all the fucked up human element of themselves they just bottle it down and they just put it into their porn
0: well they probably uh half those robots probably get shipped uh, to sal's marty's and uh, the comedy store parking lot uh, Mine's yet to be delivered, but uh, you know. I mean, people are into weird stuff. I mean, I've never been into young, uh, young, young people, so you know.
1: Yeah, I don't get that. I don't understand the, like the the thing with, like even for me, like with someone who's like nineteen grosses me out, and I'm twenty five, and I can't imagine. So I was talking to my one of my guy friends about escorts, and because um, some guy hit me up.
0: No, no. The comedy talking. store is calling you. Comedy store is calling me. It's probably for a weekend spot. I'm Do you not, need to answer it? No, I don't. I'm just trying to figure out how to. Uh, it's
1: calling all of your devices. Turn
0: it off. The comedy store is. Uh,
1: the comedy store is actually calling you That's you just have you have like half you just have every telemarketer labeled the comedy store
0: yeah i just wanted to the impress you
1: always calling me all the time uh, it's like all of your creditors your debt collectors <laughs>
0: you know i'm gonna answer it just uh
1: to prove that it's not
0: oh it's a missed call there you go uh <laughs> um what that, that totally made me lose my train of thought oh escorts bit. Getting uh, texted uh, escorts. That's a conversation I should be in and on the mix.
1: Okay. So some guy hit me up last week and messaged me on a dating app and was like, Hey, I'll pay you $10,000 a month to be my girlfriend. All I require is that you see me two weekends out of the month. And I was just like, no, 0% chance way, But I was talking to my friends about it because I was like, dude, that's crazy that like girls do that. Like, there's girls in LA that like you can make $20,000 a month and you don't have to pay taxes on that money.
0: This is cash.
1: Yeah. I don't know how they do it, but it's like gifting PayPal. So, like, they gift, I don't know how it works, but like, I'm assuming they Venmo it. (laughs) But like, you don't have to pay taxes on it, right? Because I think. You're allowed to gift X amount of money a year. I don't know how much it is. I think it's like forty-five thousand. So I guess have I think to, like, it's
0: only ten, to be honest with you. Ten thousand? No, I, no. I'm telling you, you can give anyone ten thousand dollars. And then anything a year after that is taxed. Yes.
1: Okay. So then, well, if you spread it around, write a new person. So I was like, dude, that's crazy. These chicks are like pulling in all this money. And um, my guy friend was like, yeah. He's like, I've thought about it. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, I've thought about like. You know, getting some like you know UCLA girl at UCLA who's like trying to pay her student loan debts and giving your X amount of money a month. He's like, that'd be kind of nice, but he's like, I'm trying to run for political office and I don't want it to get weird. And I'm like, oh, those are the people that run for political office. I know. <laughs> but it's still when I was thinking about, it, I'm like, dude, you're like 40. Why would you want to fuck some chick that's like 19? No offense against a chick that's 19, but it's just like kind of weird. What huge fuck chicks for nineteen? But that's no. Different.
0: I've only had one. You know, my last girlfriend was uh twenty seven years younger than me. I it wasn't uh, planned. It wasn't. Uh, you know, it wasn't like a fetish for me. It, was, uh, it just happened. You know. Well, she's
1: when, mature on the inside. Oh my she god! And I spoke about that, and I know her, and she's very yeah. I mean,
0: she's. I never. I tell people this all the time when I talk about her. Uh, I never felt like I was dating a 20 year old. Like, right. It's like, we'd go to Alice Cooper and she would know the words to all his 70s songs. I was asking her, what song is this? Like here, I was like born in the late sixties and she's telling me. And then when the mid eighties stuff kicked in, I'm like, Oh, this is house of fire. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, You're like, and my dick's hard.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, uh, I mean, I'm sure the, that, in, in my case the age difference was like freaked people out but I for me it never did because I never felt like she I mean you know her she's like incredibly mature so uh,
1: yeah no I mean I. so besides her like I feel like, like okay for example like these guys who get these like sex slaves from like Vietnam or whatever and it's like they're 16 I feel like girls between the age of like 12 and 18 are like the worst humans they're like cunty and like annoying and needy and like meh 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 and like they don't really have boobs like why would you want to be like oh, I'm gonna fuck this like why would you it doesn't make sense to me
0: well I mean I think uh, like I knew an entertainment lawyer very high powered I mean this guy you know he wasn't the best looking guy but you know he made a lot of money and uh, he loved going to like Cuba and Thailand to fuck like really 16
1: young. year old like
0: oh uh might younger? Have been just a little lower than that 14 uh you know i i uh yeah, you like I listen just,
1: i wasn't watching i was just in the I room i wasn't
0: there <laughs> i was just holding the camera uh but you know for some people i think it's a fetish there whereas like for some young girls uh i think it's a, not a fetish but a whatever to date an older guy like yeah you know um you know because an older guy is i i think uh you know they're more. Uh,
1: Is this your spiel? <laughs> like,
0: yes, I'm recruiting all.
1: Uh, all your podcast listeners. <laughs>
0: yeah, an older guy with a podcast and a big dick. They just know what to do in life.
1: And a town and a condo.
0: <laughs> Two bedroom condo in West Hollywood. Uh, no, but you know, I think. Uh, I mean, it's weird what people are into, and like, um, you know, I, I've certainly dated usually around my age. Mm-hmm you know, in, in, you know, three years younger, three years older, never, uh, 27, but
1: how know. is it dating a woman who's like 40 versus someone who's like 20?
0: I mean, um, it's, uh, it's cool. I mean, you, you know, I, I go on, I don't really have a type physically. I think if you lined up my last three girlfriends, they're all three very different looking. You know, I would say girlfriend number one is, was, uh, is, was, like she's dead. Uh, there's certainly been times, for, uh, but I, she was, like, shorter and bustier. Uh, girlfriend number two, uh, very tall and, and like, a model's body. And, uh, you know, uh, girlfriend number three was, uh, you know, curvy. So, uh, you know, I mean, physically they would look like, you know, they we're not would have ever dated the same guy uh i go for a vibe for me so whether they're 40 or, or 20 or 30 or whatever it, it's like um, do we get along and and you know i take it from there looks are like in a weird way secondary to me i mean you have to be attracted to them like for the sex but <laughs>
1: for the sex part but everything else doesn't matter
0: but i mean i've had enough sex in my life where like that's not the most important thing necessarily to me like at this juncture it's like okay uh, we could have sex tonight do i want to wake up next to you tomorrow Uh, or do i want to hang it do i want to hang out with you this weekend Uh, you know so that's like the number one thing for me which i never thought i would catch myself saying like i, mean, I gotta get some pussy and i gotta like rah. so i mean i'm not david lee roth or anything but like you know i've done all right you know i mean what is it what's more important for you a vibe or a physical look
1: um vibe for sure which is seen in my track because i've dated yeah, for sure. It's like, well, it's like a vibe and a feeling, and the way your bodies feel and together. And um because intellect could, is very important to me.
0: Right. I mean, you could probably physically get any guy you wanted. I mean, I don't imagine too many guys turning you down. You know, I mean, I mean let's be know. honest. I'm not, let's just cut through the bullshit.
1: <laughs> I'm on his book. <laughs>
0: Let's just um, get it on. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, we
1: just have sex in the vlog. <laughs> yeah.
0: That would be sweet. Not you, me. This week me, but, uh,
1: on... This week on Inappropriate Earl. Girl. Earl actually got inappropriate. <laughs>
0: yeah, with uh, the 12-year-old Lyotian boy. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but like, you know, you, you... Like, I think I could get any girl on earth with my sense of humor. Mm-hmm. But would you... You know, it's it's outwardly like I don't picture one guy going I'm good Vanessa thanks though unless they're gay
1: well a dude that I dated that he told me I wasn't his physical type but he liked me intellectually and essentially was like so a lot of dudes I've dated in the past um are like very business oriented entrepreneurs and I think a lot of those type of guys kind of when they go on a date with a girl, they're basically interviewing for their wife. So they ask, it's like you're a check mark. They're like, Oh, does she have good vision? Okay, check. Does she is she tall? Check. Like they're pretty much just doing a genetic analysis of you and how that's gonna affect them having children with you. Right. And so for dudes like that, I think it's a bit different. They they, they they're beyond the physical element. Like, right. Like kind of like for them being physically attractive is like, whatever they're like, yeah, you meet that, but then it's everything else that sort of qualifies you for like, it's like they're, they're hiring a role within their company. Like what qualifies you to be a wife? And then sometimes, cause I think I don't meet the standard of like a typical like girlfriend. Like I wear pants, And I'm kind of, I say dude all the time and I'm kind of inappropriate. I'm not like the sidekick girlfriend. That's like, Oh yes, yes, yes. I'm working on my charity this weekend. And you know, I don't fucking talk like that. And so a lot of these guys what i have noticed in the past is that they'll see me and they're like, okay, she has the raw talent of this role, but we'll need to groom her to be the optimal fucking position in the company. So like these guys, uh, I'll become like their girlfriend. And, um, and then like after a month, they're like making me wear dresses and like, don't say dude and and like, don't be inappropriate and stand and talk to people like you care and <laughs> pretty much everything that like would make you not be a comic, <laughs> right. like be a normal person and, and right. just be a good, you know, um, that's for sure been like a pattern for me in the past.
0: Cause they're just trying to groom you to be like almost like a Donald Trump, like wife. Yeah, like.
1: totally. Exactly, hundred percent.
0: Stand behind me. And-
1: they make me like go to their company meetings, and they're like, "This will be yours one day." Like, like I want you to like. I've had dudes in the past that basically were like, "You know what? Abandon all of your dreams. Just how about I give you one of my companies I own, and you can run it? Like you're like a it's like you're a child, and they're like, go play with that toy, you know." Right. Um, that's been a a theme in the past. But in terms of like physical, yeah, I just like dudes that are. Okay. This is what I want for those of you listening out there. No bad boyfriend, but it doesn't matter. Okay. I like guys over six feet tall. They're like alpha males that are intelligent. That's like my three, those are the three things you need to meet. If you're over six feet tall, alpha, like you're physically built, like you could, you know, defend me from someone. And then if you're intelligent, those are the three things. That's all I care about. Everything else is up for grabs, which is why I think I've dated so many dudes that look so different and right. you know come from different backgrounds. Because, like, a one dude I dated has like the fourth highest IQ in the world, and he's like a very famous genius guy, but he's like 400 pounds. And I promised after that I would never did another fixer upper ever again because I was just too weird. I love fat people, but it's just I don't like fucking fat people. There's nothing wrong with that, right? Am I gonna get? Is there gonna be a blog on this? Like.
0: Well, no. I mean, it's like physical attraction is like
1: I was attracted to him. I just physically couldn't have sex with him.
0: Because you're like, I mean, like I physically,
1: like, yeah, I physically couldn't have sex with him. Like, it was just not possible. Like, I was mentally attracted, and then it wasn't like my body was like, no, don't have sex with. Like, my body physically, like, couldn't. Like, his body made it impossible. Like, from a physics standpoint, of like, just I couldn't have sex with him
0: well I'm sure is this that visual
1: says. is that visual beneficial how is that visual guys are you how do you enjoy that visual
0: yeah guys just look up uh, Vanessa <laughs> all the
1: dudes were jacking off to the pussy before their jigs just went fucking soft yeah, like yeah. oh like <laughs> well, go back well, to the pussy eating visual
0: <laughs> so guys can jack off to you uh if they made where uh, can people find you on the interweb
1: for visuals <laughs> um i'm on uh i'm on twitter at vanessa john stew with two o's because
0: spell that out for my fans just yeah, like at
1: yeah at v a n e s s a j o h n s t o o because my name was taken on twitter fuck you actual other vanessa Johnston who lives in wales um and then uh vanessa v johnston on instagram and then um i have a website with like tour dates and uh my podcast morbid report at uh www.vanessajohnston.com
0: and what's uh before we leave what is the morbid report about yeah so tasty
1: me feng chow and jeff jeff carousalis uh we talk about like the most fucked up world news like from around the world like thailand like and completely like strange topics like like a python a python came out of a toilet and bit a man's dig off in thailand like that's like been there we don't talk about like syria we don't talk about like real news we just talk about like bullshit local news stories that nobody cares about but we think is funny
0: well that's what this whole podcast is based on <laughs> stuff nobody cares about so uh, that actually would be a good name for a podcast. Stuff that nobody cares about. I work on that. Uh, send me the money when that takes off. <laughs> uh, Feng Chow's the best. He's going to be opening up for Russell Peters very soon.
1: And, oh, uh, I was there when he went up and talked to him. From Monday? Yeah, yeah. That's funny.
0: The beauty of the comedy store is like, you know, Monday nights is potluck and uh, the open mic jam night for uh, friends of the store and, and paid regulars and just like... You can see someone like Russell Peters come in the room, the biggest comic in the world, and he'll pick his new opener because he just liked what he saw. And uh, Fung Chow is that man. Uh, I, I mean, I know Russell uh, uses a few openers, but uh, Fung Chow is the newest. So congratulations to him. And uh, you did very well on Monday night. Everyone did well. That's what I love about, uh, you know, the, the store is... Um, Everyone has stepped up their game at the store, like from potluck to uh, paid regulars. It's like the lineups are so good now that you can't try out new material there. You got to go with what works. Um, And it's so Monday night's a good night to go to the comedy store every night, really. Um, So uh, and you got any good gigs coming up that you want people to uh, see? at? Yeah,
1: I'm, I'm hosting a new show at a dinner theater in Hollywood called Black Rabbit Rose.
0: And what's that about?
1: It's um it's a comedy show. I'll put you on it yeah, yeah. when we when we start going. So June 13th is our first show. We're doing it every other week. And um it's just like a typical like uh, showcase style. So like 10 comics, but then what's different is that we have um sort of like surprises like we have mimes that come in on stage and Oh cool. Yeah. It's a really cool theater. Um they do magic there as well and it's, it's a it's ran by the Houston brothers who in like no vacancy and dirty laundry, so it's very Hollywood.
0: Okay, cool. So cool. it's
1: gonna be it's gonna be fun.
0: Well check that out. June thirteenth, first show. Any road gigs coming up you wanna pimp out?
1: Um everything's on my website.
0: Okay. Well you guys know where that is now. And uh since I have a primarily male fan base, no inappropriate messages to Vanessa. She's got a boyfriend, guys, so sorry. <laughs> Just be cool. I know this is inappropriate, Earl, but we want Vanessa to come back on my uh, couch with hair in between the it's dog hair, by the way. It's dog hair. Um, and, uh, you know, Vanessa's the best. Uh, this is cool. You know, last week she came by. We talked for, like, almost three hours. I, You know, I was like, listen, you got to come back because this would be like a 10-minute podcast because I'm gassed out. Um, so inappropriate Earl. SoundCloud and iTunes, leave a review. And if you want to unsubscribe to it, I'll leave that review up, but I hope you don't. Be nice if you left a review. You know, each week I get a couple thousand downloads and I ask for a couple reviews and like one or two people do it. Just to help Daddy out. And June 4th, 7 p.m. Eastern, Showtime. I'm dying up here. It's the start of a generation of new Earl fans. Over the summer, Adult Swim, The Jellies, I play Berry Jelly, Papa Jelly, Tyler the Creator's new cartoon on Adult Swim. Spread the word. Some people think I'm going places after 17 years of nothing. Thank you to Roast Battle. Without Roast Battle, I wouldn't be on either show. And I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, I love everyone associated with roast battle. I love all all of you. You are all so good to me, and I know you are all rooting for me behind the scenes. Every one of you, and it really warms my heart. And I am rooting for you guys too. And all the people who talk shit about me, I just I am really happy for your success in life. Have a good day, guys.